Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast here for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Jeff Hartman, co-editor of said website, joining me, the podcast producer, Brian Anthony Davis, as we break down the Pittsburgh Steelers' big win in week five over the Philadelphia Eagles. And we just talked about the offense in part one, in case you missed it. Now we're in part two. We're moving on to the defense, and I got to mention, Grayson Brown, he's a hater, self-proclaimed hater. He gives us $10 in the tip charts. Says, honestly, the defense is fine. It's early. They will get better. Haven't seen much man coverage yet. Plus, the officials, shaking my head. Flags gave Philadelphia points, roughing the passer on Vince Williams. The pass interference on Hayden. Terrible, terrible calls. He brings up the defense because, well, how do you not talk about the defense? For the five sacks, and, well, that's great. And Hayden, or, I'm sorry, Steven Nelson gets two picks. We're going to break this down position by position. Uh, let's talk about this game here, Brian. Okay. Sacks. Mike Hilton with one. Stefan to with one and a half. TJ Watt one. Cam Hayward one. Bud Dupree half. How do you grade the front seven in this game? They keep doing what they're doing. And I got to tell you, it's uh, they were trying to get pressure. They were getting the blitz. It is hard to get pressure on Carson Wentz, even with that dilapidated line. There are, I mean, Jordan Mailata didn't have the greatest game, but he has uh, he has improved for them down the stretch. It seemed like when they were getting in there that he was Wentz was just getting the ball off, and that's a thing that he does. You got to he has great pedigree as far as being. I mean, he was almost an MVP in this league. This guy is a is a really good player. He does not have the supporting cast, and you we could talk about. Mr. Fulgham, all you want. We could talk about the other receivers all 
all you want. It was Carson Wentz who was making that happen. Yeah, good who, point. Who was finding this guy. So, you know, they did – let me give them a B. But when it counted, they were all over him, and he did not have a chance. At the very end, they didn't have it. He did not have a chance. Um, I do believe that for the second uh, week in a row, TJ Watt should have had maybe four sacks in this game. They were holding him. They were mugging him. In fact, he needs to get downtown stat because he's got a police lineup because somebody mugged him. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to pass rushing – and they did get to him five times, but you mentioned they they struggled to get to him until the very end of the game, and that's when they started to actually get some heat. I can't give this unit, this defensive front, an A when you surrender a 74-yard touchdown run on third and nine on a draw. I'm sorry. I know it's a team unit. I know it's a defense that is not just the front seven, but I cannot. And the crazy thing is, Brian, when you look at this box score, the Steelers did exactly what they want outside of that one run. You take away the 74-yard run, which is easier said than done. I mean, they rushed for only 94 yards as a group. Philadelphia rushing, 94 yards. And they, that means they had 20 yards rushing outside of that one run. So the Pittsburgh Steelers did their job in the run game, but they still gave up the big play. And that's something we have not seen a lot of this year when they played Saquon Barkley, when they played Melvin Gordon, when they went against David Johnson. Now here comes... Obviously, the, you know, the, the former Penn Stater met Miles Sanders and he breaks off a big run and he has two touchdowns in the game. So I'm going to give him a B, just a solid B, because I thought that the the defensive pressure wasn't there enough consistently. Like you said, those three sacks came in a clump. I'm not degrading those sacks, but at the same time, it could be better. And yes, there's been a lot of holding. You mentioned TJ, Bud Dupree. Cam Hayward, they're not calling it. They're just not. It's it's rare that it's called anymore. And so you hope that the Steelers' offensive line, although Dotson got flagged for one, you hope that absolutely they act, they can get in on the action and not get flagged for holding while they're doing this. Um, okay, so let's move on to the Steelers' secondary. This is where it gets a little dicey. Again, Carson Wentz, 20 for 35, 258 yards, 7.4 average. Two touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, both to Steven Nelson. He was sacked five times. And you look at past defenses. Nelson had two. Edmonds had one. Hayden had one. Cameron Hayward had one. I believe that one should have gone to two. It. I think it was two. It that had uh, the past defense, and it wasn't uh, Hayward. That might get adjusted. Let's talk about the secondary because God, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. How do you grade? I'll let you start and I'll play off you. How, how do you grade the secondary in this game? This is this is a tough one. And let's talk about Steven Nelson first. He had one interception in my eyes. Because the, sex, the second interception, Jeff, that's a punt. Yeah. That's really all that is. Fourth Anybody, down, should just let it drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, well, you know, instinct. You're like, I'm, I'm going to yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I know. But But on fourth and 20, you're like, you have to go for it. I'm going for it in fourth and 20 with the clock where it was in that situation, because if they do pick it off, it, I mean, you need two scores, not much time left. I have no problem with them going for it. Nelson, uh, Nelson did not really have a terrible day, but if I'm looking at everybody else, I've made a lot of excuses for Minka and I'm not going to stop doing that. Minka is not 
as dynamic as 2019 Minka right now. Edmonds, I thought, played better today. I thought he played a whole lot better. The one pass interference on uh, on Mr. Hayden was definitely pass interference. The other one was not in my eyes. I, I, I did not think it was. I really thought he got robbed because the officiating was terrible. And here's a guy that's watching his team win again, but is complaining about the officiating. I just thought it was really bad. But that does not mask the fact that there is some concern with the defensive backs because really this should have not been a game. You just talked about the 74-yard touchdown from Miles Sanders, but after they gave that up, you know what? 20 yards, that means it's an aberration. That means a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while or the sun shines on a dog's butt. That's what had happened in that situation. Miles Sanders is really good, but the Steelers stopped the run on defense. Here's the deal. The secondary, they weren't stopping Fulgham. They weren't stopping Wentz. And we're talking about how I mentioned how good Wentz was by being able to get that ball off before he's getting hit. When Vince Williams gets flagged on that that uh, roughing the passer, there was no way he could stop because it was a split second before he got that ball off. That's how really good Wentz was in that situation. So that's another penalty that they got, but there's no way none of us could. There's no way you could hold up from that. But the entire – and. If he doesn't, I'm sorry, if uh, I believe it was Watt that got the sack or got the pressure earlier, somebody got a sack, it would have been another touchdown to Fulgham because apparently he was loose again. These guys are getting too loose. There was a couple plays. There was one where uh, Mike Hilton gave up a, uh, a reception that he was all over the guy and Fulgham still caught the ball. Mike Hilton's undersized, but this secondary is not a strength anymore. And right now, if we can go back to uh, the new NBC, well, actually the redo NBC game show, The Weakest Link, I'm sorry, secondary, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. You know, I, I am not an X's and O's guy, and I don't, I, don't, I don't pretend to be. I am for the first person that if someone says, Jeff, can you diagram? No, I can't diagram a play. I'm a fan. I feel like I'm a knowledgeable fan. Uh, but when it comes to X's and O's, no, that's, I leave that stuff to Jeffrey Benedict. I leave that stuff to Kevin Smith. Um, and they can talk about that because they, they know more about it than I do. What I want to know, and maybe this is something we'll have on a show this week, or maybe we'll have it on the film room for behind the steel curtain.com. I want to know what's really going on. Because everyone has their guesses. Well, they're blitzing, and it's when they blitz and they send extra players, it's leaving the back end exposed. Okay, they didn't blitz that much this game, and they still got eaten alive in the secondary by one particular player. So, okay, then they're saying, well, they're not. it's not the zone. They need to run man. Look, is Butler not making the adjustments? Is you know, Are there no in-game adjustments? Because there certainly were in week three when Deshaun Watson had his way in the first half and couldn't do anything in the second were there adjustments in the second half of this game? It didn't it didn't seem like it. This is the, the situation the Steelers find themselves in defensively, especially in the secondary. It's like they're they're grasping for straws. They're not sure exactly what to do. It almost seems like they're guessing. And Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm not sure what his deal is. I brought him up after week three, and I was ridiculed in this live chat. People said, Oh my gosh, he's fine. They're not throwing his way. They're not. I get that they're not throwing his way. 
but I'll, I'll bring it up. Everyone wanted to compare him to Ed Reed. There was an article on our site that said he could be the next Ed Reed. I think that's a little much, at least this early in his career, because guess what? Everyone did whenever they played the Ravens when Ed Reed was on the team. You avoided Ed Reed at all costs, period. And guess what Ed Reed still did? He still impacted games. And it's fact. So maybe, it, okay, so this is where it goes, we're still just talking about Benka. So this is where it goes down one or two avenues. One avenue is, is that maybe he, maybe 2019 was just a crazy year for him and he just got a lot of opportunities and took advantage of them. Maybe that's the avenue. Or maybe the avenue is, is that for whatever reason, the scheme or whatever, he's not able to do what he wanted to do or what he was able to do in 2019. I don't know the answer to that question. Brian, I don't know if you know the answer to that question, but the answer is, and what they need to figure out is how do we make our, how do we get our playmaking safety making plays again? You know, because it's been a quarter of the season now. He has zero interceptions, zero fumble recoveries, zero. He has zero part in any takeaway, not even a fumble recovery or a forced fumble. So Brian, I, we don't have the answer. I know that you, you and I both aren't X's and O's guys, but, they got to find something to do with him, right? I mean, this is a this is a concern. I mean, in terms of DEFCON levels, I'm not moving it up yet, but it's getting concerning. No, it's not threat level midnight yet. But when you get the uh, the passers like the Mahomes, if that happens, if they're fortunate enough to uh, be a playoff team and meet them in the playoffs, when you have those pass happy guys, you can't, you really cannot be a liability. And right now, this is the. Th- this is what is keeping this team from blowing teams out and winning definitively. Look, we were reaching for the antacids in the fourth quarter of this game. I even I even started to write the uh, the preview for uh, this show for the podcast and uh, Michael Beck's podcast, and I talked about how the Steelers blew a late lead and lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty two to thirty one, and that's the way it seemed that. The road that's the road we were going down, and it really was. I I feel fortunate that the Steelers on offense are able to step up. I feel fortunate that the Steelers were able to bring the pressure and uh step up. They did step up on defense at the end, too. But it's getting scary, and there this is definitely not going to be a 16 and 0 team. Nobody expects them to be one, but with those defensive backs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, pre, preseason Jeff Hartman. I love preseason Jeff Hartman. He, he, and I love it. Man. I love that you do that. That's great. Um, but and I want to have that belief. I wish I wasn't uh, pessimistic at times. But th- this, this is what is holding them back. Is it scheme? It possibly is. But it's if it's scheme, the scheme needs to be fixed. Nobody's horrible yet. No, we're not. We're not talking about Artie Burns. There's nothing that we're not looking at the sidelines and saying, who do we need to bench? Well, everybody, everybody in Steeler Nation, me excluded, wants to bench Terrell Edmonds every week. I'm hard on him sometimes, but I don't want to bench the guy. I still think he's the unsexiest supermodel on that team. But at this point, yes, you got to start seeing okay look around what do we have to clean up and that is your number one answer on family feud well to me and you look at the secondary all i want to see is improvement like that's it so let's look at the the weeks that we've played the seals have played week one 
Daniel Jones threw the ball well on the secondary. Now he was harassed and, but he Darius lay had a couple big plays and they threw some touchdowns. And so, okay, that's week one, week two rolls around Jeff Driscoll. He throws for a lot of yards and you're thinking, okay, this is maybe they didn't prepare for Driscoll. They prepared for Drew Locke. Deshaun Watson comes in, lights up the secondary in the first half. It looks like Swiss cheese. And now all of a sudden here we are in week four, Carson Wentz, who is still a good quarterback. Let's keep that in mind. He makes them look bad and mainly to one player. I think me as a fan, and let's be honest, the Steelers defense, the issues they're having, some teams would love to have. They would love to have a defense that has 20 sacks after four games. They would love to have a defense that is 4-0. Uh, this is These are nitpicking things in, in a lot of ways. But I want to see them, so maybe it's next week against Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. We know the, the crew there in Cleveland. Maybe next week is the week they take a step forward where they don't give up the big play, where they have more contested catches and get more pass defenses. Because let me look at the, the number here. Pass defenses were, I'm sorry, five. And like I said, some of those were batted passes at the line of scrimmage. So some, like Grayson Brown, he said that the D will get better, and he said it's a zone defense. It's They're picking apart these zones. They don't run, have run a lot of man. I'm not sure, but it's got to be fixed, right? Don't you agree, Brian? Absolutely, it's got to be fixed. But it's still that uh, it's still rich guy problems. It's like you know, was, yeah, you know what? Um, I had a Mercedes, and this Mercedes isn't as comfortable. It doesn't go as fast. It's uh, you know, it, it just wasn't my old one. But uh, you know, I'll deal with it. That that's it. You know, it it could be a problem in the future. But if this is your worst problem, then it's a pretty good week, Jeff. You're right. And the Steelers, ultimately, they're 4-0. Fans have got to be excited about this team because everyone said, myself included, you have to take advantage of the first quarter of the season. It's the weakest part of your schedule. And when you look at the the over, overarching four, you have four games sets, this was the toughest part. Now, I know that the Titans were supposed to be in this set. They're not. They're going to be in week seven. With that said, I mean, you got to give the coaching staff some credit, right? If we're looking at quarter grades here, Brian, what grade are you giving the coaching staff for the Steelers? Are we breaking it down or is this overall? We can break it down. Certainly let's grade the, the main, well, the main four. Okay. Let's start with special teams. Danny Smith, Jr. The bubble gum machine, Brian, what a grade. All right. Stop the presses. I'm giving Danny Smith, Jr. A B and I'm the biggest Danny Smith, Jr. Hater. I don't think special teams have been a problem at all for this team. Well, I'm giving him an A because oh. it's they've been great. I mean, the kick coverage, there's no penalties on the kicking teams anymore like we used to always see. I thought the returns with Ray Raven Cloud have been great this quarter. I think his I think you absolutely I give him an A. I, and I can't believe I just said that. I need to go take a shower. I mean, it's, I, I it's horrible. Jeff, <laughs> I used to give him an H. Because an F wasn't bad enough. <laughs> you know, seriously, so for me to jump up from an H to a B, that's pretty damn good. Pat yourself. Right. So does for you, Danny Smith Jr. I'm taking you out. We're going to go uh, share a milkshakes, share a, a Mr. Pib, and we'll have a good time. Let's go get a pop. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get, get a, a pop. <laughs> we're going to go downtown and get a pop in that. <laughs> so bad. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, let's go to defense. Keith Butler. 
they're four and oh, so I have got to give them a B minus. Um, it's not what we want, but four and oh is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate line here. I think it has room to move up to be an A. So I'm going to go ahead and say, let's give them a B minus with the arrow pointing up. I think I, I like that grade B minus because I think that there's a lot to like. You look at the sacks, the pressure they put on quarterbacks, but then there's the other issues. I don't think that it's it's horrible. So if maybe if I go with a B, um, Butler, it's again, it's only four games, but that's still a good portion of the season. It's a quarter of the season, so we're having we have a sample size now. It can change drastically week by week, but ultimately I'll, I'll give him a B. What about Randy Feetner, Randy Land? Can I say something before I start on yeah. Randy Feetner? Sure, go ahead. You know what? We have broadcasters coming in week after week that they've got to know that this guy's name is Feetner, not Fickner. And I'm tired of hearing Fickner on, on this guy because it's driving me crazy because if you're paid this much, you've got to scout this team and you've got to hear other broadcasts and you've got to go to the PR machine, go to Burt Lautner and say, hey, what's the name of this guy? Go to the media relations. What's the name of this guy? Oh, it's Feetner, not Fickner. So that's that's killing me. But this is, this is a tough one. Everybody's going to go different places. I am going to go... I can't go B plus. I'm going to go with a B because this team is nearly averaging 30. I think they're what 29.5 right now with a 26, a 26, a 28, and a 38. So I think uh, I think they're really close to averaging 30 points a game. We can't complain about that. Second and 22 and a draw drives me crazy. Don't do that ever again. That doesn't work. And something I complained about last week, and this was on Ben Roth or two weeks ago, this was on Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and you're like, whoa, when they run the routes and they're short of the sticks, that's not his fault. But when they need when they're on third and sixteen and they're running a four a four yard play and and getting uh eight or nine, that drives me crazy either. And you're punting. So that's just nitpicky stuff. Once again, rich guy problems. So I'm going to go ahead and say right here, let's give him a B plus with the arrow pointing up. All right. B plus Feetner in the offense. I'll give them, I'll give, I'll give him a B plus as well. That was a great, I had in my mind. I'm going to stick with it. Roethlisberger has slowly kind of gotten back into the groove. We talked about him earlier in the show in part one and the offense grades talking about, you know, ultimately I thought that he's really starting to look better each and every week he plays. He showed a lot of concern about missing last week due to the change in their bye week. Didn't seem to have any rust this game. Looked good. The offense still has room for improvement from a play calling standpoint, like you mentioned, but ultimately I think a B plus is a good grade. Now let's go to Mike Tomlin, head coach, the man in charge. How do you grade him at the quarter pole? How do I not give him an A? There's plenty I've of people that give... won't give him an A. <laughs> yeah, everybody won't give him an A. Um, I've got to give him an A. I've uh, I've got one of my best friends in the world in the live chat out here, Mike uh, Mike Scott, who he, I was talking to him recently. He said to me, he's like, you know what I love about Mike Tomlin? I'm not always going to agree with his play calling, with uh, how he coaches games, but he takes care of his players. He is there. He's accountable for this team, and he is the true leader of this team. And when you look at the way they started out the season and everywhere you go with Mike Tomlin – this is a Mike Tomlin stamp team. 
and it's a very special team. So I'm going to go ahead and give him an A. They're four and O. It comes very close to an A plus, but I'm going to say A all the way. In fact, I'm going to go back in time here, Jeff, way before you were born, the great Henry Winkler, when he was playing the great Arthur Fonzarelli on Happy Days. It's not just an A, it's an A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, they're 4-0. I mean, what do, what do people always say about Tomlin? They, they have poor starts. You know, they, they get they start off slow in the season. They start at, you know... They lose to inferior opponents. Well, I would say that every single game that the Steelers have played this season, they've played inferior opponents, and they've won them all. They've started the season 4-0. Last time, they did that in 1979. Every time they've done that, I believe they've won a Super Bowl. I'm not suggesting that's the, the track they're headed. I hope it is. I'm not suggesting that. What else could you ask, though, for Mike Tomlin? I mean, I think he's done a great job, like you said, managing this team, the way he and Colbert have put this team together and dealing with the issues that are the 2020 season with COVID-19, et cetera. Tremendous job. Um, I do want to say something real quick as we get away from the grades. Someone put it in the live chat. I wish I had it. I'd share it. People say, how many, how, what big a difference will 5,500 fans be? And they didn't have 5,500 fans at Heinz field on Sunday. They actually had about 4,500 or, or around there. It was less than 5,000 turnstile people that were there. Tickets were expensive. Some people might not be comfortable, whatever. I don't know if they were pumping in noise from the broadcast, but if they weren't, it made a difference. I, You could feel the game was different. Am I right there, Brian? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I. it sounded different. Um, I'm not sure if they pumped in. I have a feeling that they may have, but it, it had a different feel. There was a different vibe. And I tell you what, when I lo- I told you on the preview last week that I'm not ready to go back. Yeah. After seeing that that game when they showed those shots of the, the stands, that looks awesome. Yeah. Because you've got an entire row to yourself and me. I mean, I stayed I'll stay to the very end and I know that uh, you, you could you could leave with not a lot of people around you. Um that it, that looked really comfortable and really fun. It it, it seemed like a, your own private box. So <laughs> Now I want tickets. Now I want to go. I mean, I, I said I would go anyways, but it, it's it's a situation where at least maybe it wasn't so much the noise, but at the same time, my goodness, you felt there was a different energy. You could when you're watching it, you it felt different. I got to say that it was uh, it was good to see. Good to see. We'll put it that way. Let's talk about the officiating for a little bit. We have about seven minutes left in the program. Let's talk a little bit about officiating, and let me just bring up the uh, the team statistics here so that we can get an actual live read on this. So there were penalties, 17 total penalties, okay? The Steelers were flagged eight times for 86 yards, and the Eagles were flagged nine times for 84 yards. Look, if I'm grading the officiating, and this is not against the Steelers, if I'm just grading the officials, it's an F, and it, or it might be an H, your Danny Smith H. It was awful. I mean, they, they were bad for both teams. There were flags like the Vince Williams dropping the passer call. I thought that the offensive pass interference call on Chase Claypool was extremely bogus. Um, the fact that they ruled that one pass that Ebron dropped an interception. How do you have five or I don't know how many officials there are. How does no one see the ball hit the ground? I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Brian, what, were you, what was your grades on the officiating and how, what do you want to say about that? 
when they rolled that an interception, I was thank goodness because now that can't be a fumble. Uh, you know, I was thinking, oh man, they might lose that ball again. That could be a fumble. I was worried about all that. I'm like, did he get two feet down? Then they're saying interception. I'm like, they just screwed the Eagles and they don't even know they're screwing the Eagles because that was so inept. Jeff, you do yard work. You go out on a 90 day degree day, a 90 degree day, and you're mowing the lawn, you're, you're trimming the hedges, you're doing all this work. You're absolutely exhausted. You're like, honey, I got to go take a shower. And you go take a shower and you don't even have to put it up to your face. Your underwear and everything around your shorts, everything stinks. I tell you what, that is a bed of roses compared to how bad this officiating crew stunk today. I would rather take the sweat. I would rather take the uh, wrestling trunks of King Kong Bundy and put them up to my face than watch <laughs> these officials call a game again because this was dreadful. I mean, it was it was ineptitude personified. It was bad. It was bad. And I, I think it was the Ebron call that pulled a, an interception. I thought it was going to be a fumble, in which case, okay, now we're talking about does he get his feet down? Does he have possession? Blah, blah, blah. I think it would have been overturned anyways if they did roll a fumble. But I, I said verbally, audibly to anyone that wanted to hear, my family doesn't care. I, they, they need to send these guys out of the stratosphere. They're awful. This crew was atrocious. They, if they're grading crews, like if the NFL is looking at games and saying, oh, this guy did this, this guy did that, that was awful. That was awful from the start. Just horrible, horrible officiating. They're definitely losers. Um, all right. I feel like we're forgetting to do something. Let's do some game balls. Okay. Let's do some game balls. Now, I think it's safe to say, I screw it. Go ahead and do the offensive game ball. Then we'll do a defensive game ball. Go ahead and give the offensive game ball to you know who. Talk, wax poetic about him, and then I'll pick someone else. Yeah, well, th this is the situation where I go and find somebody else as a diamond in, in the rough, but I can't, you and can. you can't either. We could, Jeff, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to say it's got to be unanimous Chase Claypool with a yes. honorable mention to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Claypool finishes. Let me look at his stats uh, quickly. I mean, he finishes seven catches, 110 yards, three receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And like I said, the crazy thing is, if they don't call that offensive pass interference, his numbers would be even better. He might have. I did. I have yet to see this the end zone camera of that play to see if he stayed in bounds and didn't call offensive pass interference. Would it have gone for a fifth touchdown? I don't know. An incredible day. Every time that he plays, he seems like he's getting more and more accolades. There's more and more tweets that say, ah, he's the first Canadian-born player to do X, Y, or Z. Go ahead, Brian. You had something to say? I think we're forgetting something, too. The uh, the overturn. That If that ball goes down, didn't he overturned for not having two feet in? Yeah, well, he didn't, he didn't get – he didn't get – he was. It was, and that would have helped, but he didn't get two feet in. He, he, that yeah, was the I, right I understand ball. that. Yeah, I'm not call, calling on the call. Yes. But if that if that's an inch this way, that's another yeah. opportunity to pull in another 40 yards. Well, he had 11 targets. Like, they targeted him 11 yeah. times. I mean, they're trying to give him the ball. So Claypool gets it. And Roethlisberger, we talked about him in part one if he missed it. And that was just what an efficient game he had. Really looking sharp. Uh, he, the arm looks stronger. The deep ball, which was a criticism. I was critical of his deep ball in week three against Houston. He finished his 27 to 34, 239 and three touchdowns okay now this next one's gonna be a little bit tougher if we're giving a game ball to someone on defense who are you giving it to 
I don't know. I've I have been thinking about this the entire day. Do you give it to somebody on the off uh, the defensive line? Do you say a Tuit gets it? Do you say Hayward gets it for a few things that he did? Maybe Watt. I can't give it. I, look, I love the fact that Stephen Nelson gets two interceptions. I can't give it to Stephen Nelson. So, could I give it to the uh, defensive line? I, sure. If you I'm not, I, live chat, help me out. You know, uh, give me somebody here. I, I'm not trying to be wishy washy. There's nobody that really stood out to me. You know what? TJ Watt. Okay. So TJ Watt finishes with three tackles, three solo. He had one sack, three tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. He did get banged up. He left the game with a shoulder injury, but he did come back for that final drive against the Eagles. So hopefully some good news there on that front. That's fine. You can go with Watt. It never goes. That's never wrong. Um, another candidate, and this is not my pick, but another candidate that you could have chosen was Stefan Tuitt. Five tackles, two solo, one yep. and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and three quarterback hits. He seemed to take a step forward. In week five, I'm going to go with Steven Nelson because he had six tackles, five solo, two pass defenses and two interceptions. And let's be honest, they seem to be targeting Joe Hayden more than they did Steven Nelson. You know, and last last year in 2019, everyone said Nelson's been so good. They're not even throwing his way. I he I thought he played a great game, a great game. And, and when the, the plays presented themselves, he made the play. So was it perfect? No, but I'll give my game ball to Steven Nelson. Go ahead, Brian. You know what? I will agree with that. And I'm also going to say Mike Hilton is on track for 12 sacks. Three That's out insane. of four games, he That's has insane. had a sack. I, if, if he gets 10 sacks as a defensive back, I will go great. I, I will love it. It'll be the greatest thing. So I am watching him. I am hoping that he continues that because those are big plays when they send, guy, send him in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brett MYE puts nine ninety nine in the tip chart. We appreciate that. He said Ben's stats under pressure are the best in the league. Many quarterbacks have a weakness to pressure, and Ben seems to excel. Looking at his statistics, he's again the best in the league this year when facing pressure. He faced a lot of pressure, and it was a good it was a good game plan against the Eagles' pass rush. They got the ball out of his hands quickly, and he definitely I thought he worked the pocket so well today. Uh, great game for him. Absolutely. Kudos. And thank you for the tip. We appreciate that, Brett. All right. It's been an hour. Brian, final thoughts before we call it a show. Once again, you know what? You could worry about the future. You could worry about this team down the road. But one of the few teams in the league that's 4-0 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They do have the – it's in the books. Quarter one of the 2020 season is in the books. It's the first time since 1979 that this team's 4-0. That is a big, big deal. A lot of you watching it, you including, were not you included, Jeff, were not alive when that happened. So this is something special. I keep on saying it every week. You know what I'm going to say next. This is a special team. Keep watching them because not only are they special, they're unselfish, and they've got the drive, and they've got the resiliency to when they're on the ropes to say, all right, enough is enough, and that's exactly what they do. We talked about the next stretch coming up. It's not going to be easy because you've got teams like Cleveland. You've got Baltimore. You've got Dallas. You may have Tennessee. I'm not for certain that they have Tennessee. I'm yeah. not, but that's that's for another time. But, Jeff, it's happening. I'm feeling great. We haven't had a start like this in forever. Let's ride this train until it derails. 
it's funny when you say it's happening. I think of the office scene where they have the fire, the fire drill, and <laughs> he comes out of his. Michael Scott comes out of his. Office, oh my gosh, it's happening! It's happening! Everyone, let's go! Get out! Get out! <laughs> it is happening, and this team has a knack for winning. I said that earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. They also have a knack for the the dramatic uh, win, and I hate that because I've always said they're going to kill me one of these days. I don't know when. I'm not sure how. But not today, Satan. The Steelers win. They're doing it in dramatic fashion. <laughs> they're, doing it in, they're doing it in dramatic fashion, but you can't complain too much when the Steelers are one of the few remaining undefeated teams at 4-0. But the big boys come up next, and that's not just the Browns. We're talking the Browns, Titans, Ravens, and Cowboys. What a stretch. Hunker down. It's a five-star matchup. Why? Because we're in it. That's what Mike Tomlin and James Ferrier famously said back in 2008, 2009. So, okay. I do have one more thing. Job man, who uh, we, we go back and forth a lot, but he, this is for you. He says, if Hilton gets 10 sacks, Brian should shave his head. I think we should do it. Cause I shave my head anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what about, what about oh. you grow a mustache? What about you grow a porn stash? If you, if he gets 10 sacks. Believe it or not, this is not my real job, so I cannot shave my head. And do you do the mustache? My wife, I will do a mustache because I could okay. get away with that so much more. And my wife will tell you this: when I try to grow a mustache, she's like, "You're trying to be Magnum again." And I'm Fat Magnum when I try to draw a mustache. Now, Tom Selleck, man crush on Tom Selleck. I say that with a staunch record of heterosexuality, but I love Tom Selleck. If I could look like him, that'd be awesome. I will grow my fat man mustache and I'll have no problem um, doing that. I'll, I'll go one more. If they go 16 and 0, not only will I shave my head, I might get in trouble at work. Not only will I shave my head, it's going to be a mohawk. <laughs> I've got the clippers. We can do it. I will, I will make sure this happens. We'll, be, we'll do it live on YouTube if we do that. It would be great. 16 and 0. Let's go. Uh, someone asked for a, a going away and exiting Ray Ray. Just said, why don't you give them what they asked for? All right. For Jeff Hartman, I'm Brian Anthony <laughs> Davis. This was the Steelers postgame show with the Steelers going 4 0 with a 38 to 29 victory. Thank you so much, Steeler Nation, BTSC family. We love you. Ray Ray! Ray Ray! Ray Ray! Go Ray! Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus